and welcome to episode four of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan. I'm here with G, the editor of TheWrongFootball.com. Hello! Uh, you might have noticed we missed an episode last week. Uh, sorry about that. G wasn't very well. I was a bit busy. But uh, we're back this week uh, with all the latest news from the NFL here in the UK. Uh, you feeling better, G? Uh, yes, I'm over the migraines and ready to go. Excellent. So the first bit of news this week, one of the games we're going to talk about this week uh, is the uh, Vikings against the Rams. One of the real uh, talking points of the game uh, was Teddy Bridgewater got uh, took quite a serious hit by Lamarcus Joyner um, to the head. He looked in, a, in quite a quite a serious way. He was was very much uh, unconscious on the pitch. Ended up being uh, being taken off. Um, there was quite a, uh, a, a spat between Zimmer and uh, Fisher at the end of the game. After the game, wasn't there? It's been yeah. There's been barbs trading back and forth in press conferences. Uh, Zimmer came out and alluded to the history of both Fisher and his defensive coordinator Greg Williams who was obviously tied up with the bounty gate thing in the Saints uh, yes. called it a dirty play Fisher at that point was like we're on to next week and then heard the comments of um, Ron the Harrison and then started coaching giving out quotes about how many unsportsmanlike penalties and roughing the passer and everything that Harrison had had in his career. The hit itself, the player left his feet, and that worries me because as when you're approaching quarterback, Bridgewater went into slide. It always looks worse in slow motion, but even at game yeah. speed, you can see he's running. There's always a possibility that quarterback's going to slide. And so whilst I don't think you shouldn't go and hit him because you as a defensive player have to, you know, it's a game of interest, you're you have to stop more him. More than entitled to hit him. Leaving... The feet is the bit that worries me because, you know, it does look bad. It's quite a common way of getting concussion and it's not so much to hit as if you look, um, in the back of his head hits the, the, hits the turf and he's, yeah, he's flat out on the pitch at that point. The good news is that he seems to have, although he didn't go back into the game, he went for a meal afterwards. He's been talking to people. It sounds like he's going to play this weekend. So hopefully whilst he was out, um, it wasn't too bad, but yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's past the, uh, the first stage of getting back from the, uh, the, the concussion test, doesn't he? He's, he's past that. Uh, so it does look like he's going to be back this week, but it was just a, it was quite a scary moment when you see the, uh, see the footage and you see him lying there on the, on the pitch afterwards. It was, it was quite, it, it wasn't a nice thing to watch. Knowing what we now know about head injuries, um, a lot of people, the way they've watched the game has changed. Gone of the days, I think, when you could do the, the old runny lot style tackling but also they used to glorify in that you had you know the big hit compilations and a look at the way he laid him out and knowing what we now know about head injuries and how these things are coming to pass and the players are bigger and stronger now so whilst I think the NFL has made strides to improve safety I'm not sure we're at the the peak of the wave of injuries that are to come the players that followed that got bigger and larger as professionalism has hit you know we've already had some horrific stories and it does i love football i love the physicality of it but you just you, when you see those hits where somebody's laid out you just worry for them it kind of goes into the the, the kind of next point i suppose we've seen a lot of injuries this last couple of weeks and and potentially ends to careers i mean steve smith um out for the season with achilles uh ricardo loquette and uh, next injury out of the season uh levion bell from steelers andrew luck is obviously um He's he's punctured a kidney or something like that. He's he's some, he's in a in a bad way. There's a lot of injuries. Yeah, you've on your notes you've got sort of fractured ribs and that was from last week's show on week eight and yeah it's come out that he now has a lacerated kidney and is out. It's interesting he's out for two to six weeks whereas Keenan Allen is done for the season. Mm. Yeah, I hope no one is sitting there going, well, one player soft for that. You know, any time the words lacerated and any organ are combined, it's a you know a very serious thing and it's kind of horrifying. You never want to see it. No, yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's not something you want to see in any player. 
it's it's a bit different to the hamstring problem in our version of football, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Dion Lewis as well. Um, Patriots running back this 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 week went out for the season with an ACL injury. Some real good players and some players that were having storming seasons that have just in the last couple of weeks have picked up really really bad injuries I mean personally Steve Smith you could potentially not see him again I am so sad about that one because yeah. you know he, he's even at, I think he's 35 now and he's still probably the angriest player in the NFL but he, he was pretty much the only good thing that was consistently working for the Ravens on offense and he was just playing so well and the Ravens were already talking behind the scenes about trying to persuade him to come back another year. It's possible that they might be able to persuade him to do that. But then again, it's a nasty injury to rehab. He's 35. It might be just to the point where it's like, this is too much pain. This is too much hard work. I'm, you know, this, my body is telling me no. And he might not even know that until he, until and if he starts looking at doing the rehab process with the idea of playing football, yet alone just being able to walk on it, which is no easy feat from that. No, the Achilles, any any Achilles, any injury to the Achilles is going to be a long process. It's going to be one that's going to take a lot of mentally getting getting your head around as well. So it's so what all players talk about when coming back from those long term injuries is that it's the yeah, I, I, it's the re- regime you have to put yourself in, which doesn't change day in day out for literally months to build up the strength and the movement in one particular limb and then you have to get the rest of your body ready and it's so common you spend so much time strengthening whatever you've injured and you'll pull or tweak something on the other side when you start getting back to full training because you've sort of got a, a, the opposite imbalance is that it's gone from a weakness to a strength because you've worked so hard to it and it's so easy to you know come in and you know pull an infamous you know groins is a classic one or a hamstrings another on the other side because your gait's not quite right and you're compensating and it's it's such fine margins which this level of sport it is it's really easy to to just re-injure something and even mentally if you've if you've come on if you've got your injury from a, a big hit for example um or or slipping or some, something like that mentally getting yourself back into the situation where it, it could you know it could happen again is a difficult difficult one for any player to, to, to face there's the classic thing that all sports people face which is that they don't just have to come back they have to come back and do enough reps that they trust it but it's not going to do it again and they're going to perform and you know you see that with players who are tentative all the time coming back it's classic with quarterbacks when they get hit a lot and they start to get happy feet if they're not got protection they start to get rid of the ball early and they start to look at the pass rush rather than down downfield because quite understandably they've been hit and been injured and so that preys on their mind but also football mentally I know you've played a bit of a game I've trained a little bit but I didn't even make it into a game it's mm. so different from that aspect of the collisions are huge and there's not a natural movement in the game the pads don't so much protect you as allow you to hit harder and I found yeah. it I didn't have a problem with contact but I found it really hard to form tackle because it goes completely against all my natural instincts because, you know, as a rugby player, you hit round, round sort of the hips and the arse area, wrap up round the legs, down, drop them. In American football, it's all about confrontation because it's about those inches. So you, mm. you, you hit through that player and just that physical momentum and the players in the NFL are bigger and stronger. And so injuries have always been a problem. There is no such thing as, you know, a fully healthy season 
or a fully healthy team at the end of the season. Every player's carrying some kind of knock and niggle, and that's always been the case. It's basically a 100% injury sport. No one comes out of it without something. And as the players um, continue to get bigger and stronger and faster, as our medical science and our sports science gets better... Just the sheer impact of these guys, you know, players who are considered, you know, out, you know, big but mid-sized, your linebacker who's 250, 260 pounds, they were the linemen 20, 30 years ago. I mean, I might be slightly off with the years, but, you know, they just keep getting bigger. I mean, the size of someone, J.J. Watt, at sort of like, um, he's somewhere like 290, 300 pounds at six foot seven. Mm. moving as quickly as he does if you're a quarterback that's just gonna hurt just from simple yeah, of laws of physics well it's, it's one of those i think with there's the you're always like you say you're always going to get an element of injuries during the season i think over the last couple of weeks though it's just been just been quite a lot of them mm. but uh moving on then i think the last point is more of a discussion point i think than the news thing obviously you went to the uh game last uh well in, in week eight, uh, the Lions Chiefs game at Wembley. Um, I went to the uh, the Miami uh, Dolphins at, uh, versus Jets game. I've, we've both been to all the games in in the past. You wanted to um, kind of have a bit of a look in the in the differences in the game presentation at the international series games. The game itself, it wasn't the best game just because it was so one sided. But in yeah. terms of the presentation and, and the atmosphere there, I was really impressed with what the Chiefs have put together. And I wasn't sure because it's been a couple of years till so, till I've been organised to get tickets. They made a big deal. You had the big screens and they're doing the VTs about and they had a little thing before the game about um, the history of the Chiefs, which is really special, but also introducing the idea and their big thing for the day was Kingdoms Unite and the idea of them coming to the United Kingdom and playing. And they very much tried to bring the Arrowhead experience, which is famed as one of the best home field advantages across the league. And, you know, we had, I've forgotten the proper name of it, but the chant beforehand with the war drum. And, you know, they had all the presentations and they picked up the chant. It was singing round. It was loud. I think it would have been even better if the game had been more competitive. But it was just really interesting when you had the coaches afterwards, some of the players talking about, no, it wasn't Arrowhead, but it's as close as we've ever had on the road. And it was an amazing experience. Some of them likened it to a football game because a lot of players watched the Premiership this day. And I was just really interested how that experience and how well the Chiefs seemed to have done at that compared to what I believe the Dolphins did when they were hosting the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it it sounded very loud from someone who watched it on the TV. It sounded like a very, very loud game and the fans were very much into it. Um, the, the Jets Dolphins game was it, it kind of felt like they'd almost tried to just do it as a as a regular game. I know in pre, in previous games and even in the in the Lions Chiefs game there was there's a pre game show. Uh, there's a, there's a band there. I think it was Madness at uh, the Lions Chiefs. Yeah. There's always been one of those. This was the first game where there's not been anything of that. So it felt to me as though they were trying to do it just as a as a standard game, almost as though if it would it would be if there was a franchise over here. I know we, we I talk about this every week and I need to stop, but. Uh, if there was, they wouldn't do a, a, a pre-game show with a big international artist every week. It just wouldn't happen. So it kind of, for me, felt as though they were trying to do it just as a just as a standard game. And I thought it was it was good. It was and there was a good atmosphere there. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it was from the Jets fans, um, but it was there was a, was a very good atmosphere. It was very different to the previous ones that I've been to. Very very different. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that because I think a lot of the character and excitement in the game and the noise came from the way the Chiefs tried to present it, and probably gives an idea of why they're so good at, at presenting games in their own stadium and why they have that crowd effect it's probably an aspect mm. of, of of a franchise doing it right whereas as much as 
I don't, you know, I'm not being mean about madness. I enjoyed madness. I like madness. But <laughs> the fact that they were sort of like, you know, you had the opening thing. Yes, it was a bit of pageantry and we had a little bit of a presentation, obviously, because there was the um, armed forces charity that was been working mm. around Britain. And, and so and tied in with it was that week was the salute to service that they have in the States where, you know, they're recognizing troop service over there. So it was tied yes. in with that. But I don't think that that, that pre-shape, um, that sort of pre-game, you know, band show element which you associate with the big games in the NFL I think you could have cut that out and the Chiefs presentation still would have been just as good and just as exciting mm. lots of different ways they're doing it Trying, I think they're trying a lot of different uh, ways to, to see how things work over here but uh, be interesting to see how things pan out and how they do future games uh, especially with the expansion of the amount of games that we're looking at very much so so the first game we're going to look at uh, this week we um, have both watched the Thursday night game you would always have watched this but uh, 31-10 the Bengals versus the Browns Bengals obviously uh, came out victorious in that one and I must say from watching the game where I thought they were pretty dominant and I know you're a bit careful and uh, and, and very much a realist but uh, I came out of that watching that game thinking I, I can genuinely see the Bengals doing some really, really big things this season. I don't want to jinx it, and I don't want to say the S word, but it, it could happen. I, I think it could happen. Obviously, um, I'm hugely happy about way, the way the season's going. Um, it was one of those things where I was pointing to this being a possibility in preseason, but I just didn't expect all of them to work out, which is what seems to have happened. Um, mm. I'm still, you know, we're halfway through the season. Uh, Marvin Lewis was talking about uh, it's great that we've gone eight and zero, but if we go two and six the rest of the season, it doesn't mean anything. So he's talking to his team about, you know, we have to take this good start and make sure it means something and take it into the playoffs. And everybody is very much aware that it's really playoffs or bust. This means nothing, even if we go like fourteen and two, fifteen and one, which I'm by no means predicting. It means nothing if we. Well, in fairness, you could go 14-2 and two, and the way the AFC is going at the moment with um, the Broncos and the Patriots and everybody else, you could you could have like 14-2 and two and still have to play a wildcard playoff game. And it means nothing if we lose that game. So I'm really happy that the Bengals are doing well. There's lots of things that um, feel really positive about and balanced about. We're only one injury to Tyler Eifert away from you know the red zone success breaking down. You just don't know. Mm. Well, the uh, on looking at the other side, looking at the Browns, obviously uh, Johnny Manziel uh, started his, his uh, second game of the season this year. Um, I don't think he was very impressive personally. I was uh, probably expecting him to be a little bit uh, better than he than he was. 168 total yards, 15 completions, but also I think that probably says quite a lot about the the Bengals de- defense. Yeah, I mean. I'm not sure what levels you personally have have in expectation for Manziel. Um, I think he sort of played almost how I expected him to, in that yeah. when plays break down, he shows hints of playmaking ability, and you can see what tantalises people. When he drove the ball for that touchdown in the first half, he escaped pressure three times, found the receiver down the ball, one of them for a touchdown, and, you know... A combination of his playing ability, what's going on in terms of scheme, means that he can't be effective in structure, and that's always going to hamper him until they either really try to make it a focus to see, can we make this work long-term like a Russell Wilson does, or he might be a backup and we can get a few plays from him, or he's out of the league. Mm. And obviously with some of the personal stuff he's got going on at home, 
in terms of you know this incident that's being investigated with his girlfriend in the car so I don't want to go into too much detail about that it's possible that that combination of talent might not even be enough to keep him in the league if that stuff starts to fall apart again I really hope it doesn't just from you want more successful quarterbacks Mm. you want people to beat their personal demons and not fall back into drinking other problems so you know I am sort of pulling for the guy now whereas last season it was kind of like he'd given it all this you know the money signs money and all sign. that and yeah. yeah when when you know he got flattened by the Bengals in that thorough drumming in the second game of the season I did kind of enjoy that but you know it's a one-off moment it's the one thing to enjoy what you think is this person um catching sort of their just desserts in the sporting content but you know this is you know this is somebody's career it's another mm. human being you don't mm. want to see him fail wider if you know someone can be rescued that's it well the picks this week you picked the Browns <laughs> I picked the Bengals uh, obviously I was I was right on that one uh, for this week. So, uh, from going from your team to uh, onto mine, really, uh, the Dolphins were uh, at the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night. Very important game for for, for both teams, really. Uh, they were both obviously fighting to kind of keep up there in, in and keep the pressure on in terms of trying to get a uh, game in the uh, in the postseason. Um, 33-17 it ended up to the Buffalo Bills uh, I wouldn't say the Dolphins were as poor as the scoreline probably suggested I don't know if you've, if you've, you've had a chance to watch this one I've seen the highlights and read a bit but it's not the same as watching the whole game so I'll take your words as a Dolphins fan although I'll be asking questions shortly <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we were, we were as bad as, as bad as perhaps that uh, that scoreline would 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 perhaps suggest um, with the the defense certainly didn't miss Cameron Wake as much as I perhaps expected they would. Um, still made made three sacks. Still actually looked didn't look too bad bad at all. Um, but it's we're kind of getting a bit clumsy. We're messing about a bit with trick plays and and trying to misdirect the uh, the, the the defense things like that. We're second week in a row. We've got a, a, a clumsy safety conceded which is I'm surprised you haven't watched uh, the watch the uh, the game cuz I know how much oh. you love safeties I, I may not have seen all the game but I know about the safeties and uh, you know I, you know because I was texting I was trying not to be too mean about it but I it's know. also it's strange in that I don't remember seeing one like that until um, obviously very famously um, Peyton Manning had one happen to him on the opening snap of the Super Bowl against the Seahawks yeah. and then suddenly the Dolphins have done it for two weeks in a row mm. yeah it was uh, it wasn't wasn't it certainly wasn't good. The the, the, the way that did make me chuckle, uh, chuckle a little bit was uh, Jarvis Landry. You know, uh, you know how much I uh, enjoy watching the uh, the play of uh, Jarvis Landry. This week went from uh, from from receiver to quarterback as he uh, he made a completion uh, through it actually to Tannehill who made the other uh, made the change the other way. So he uh, has got nine catching yards to his uh, to his stats this season. I believe at Tannehill didn't he play a bit he, of receiver did, or something yeah. in college? At, at college he did he, he used to play receiver and uh, and they transferred him to, to quarterback. Is there any quarterback history in Jarvis Landry's thing or is this just a gadget that um, they've kind of discovered in practice? Not that I'm aware of, um, I can probably be corrected if he, if he has but uh, I'm not certainly not aware of any uh, any previous history of, uh, of being a quarterback. I mean the interesting thing for me um, looking at this game is the defense. I mean, the the story for me is is Dan Campbell um, taking over as coach. Mm. Um, initially, obviously, his, his big focus was on sort of physicality and how we're approaching the games. And obviously, he has changed some stuff tactically. You appear to be playing with more two tight end sets and trying to run the ball yeah. more and be a bit more consistent, a bit bit more focused on that and balanced. But the problem is, I mean, your offense is sort of based on misdirection. 
to a certain extent and I don't know if that's a style that Dan Campbell would definitely want to play with if he was to be setting up his team at you know in January when you traditionally do and hiring his own his own staff it's not one I'm overly comfortable with I must say from from watching Sunday I certainly am not comfortable with the amount of misdirection that we're trying to use here's the problem you've got um is that I there are problems with coaching you can see that in the result but so far Dan Campbell has beat two teams in the AFC South and what concerned me at the time and I was trying not to um rain on your parade but you sometimes see it in pro sports with teams where they alternate between sort of like a cerebral or a hands-on uh, sort of you know hands-off play calling coach for or coach who's trying to do it um with style and finesse and then very often after after you've had like a player's coach coach so to speak you'll get the we want the disciplinarian and you have that come with dan campbell and avis uh, how long how long can that work because there's only so much time to say we have to give it 110 percent and you know rousing speeches to a bunch of professionals who hear you every week you know you've got to find new ways of reaching players and the bills i mean shady mccoy slipped through and and that was a hell of a touchdown run very good yeah the bomb to um sammy watkins for the touchdown again Mm. behind your defense and the question is with Tannehill, can he decode the the blitz concepts when the defense gets complicated when you've got that misdirection and you you perhaps need to do a quick read you know you need to change the play on the line and get a um, receiver to run a quick out or you know a running back or a tight end to do, give him an escape route and that doesn't seem to be happening yet no well this week um i obviously as always pick the uh, the dolphins you pick the bills so okay, that was uh, you got one back on me there you were correct so the game of the week, probably this week, in terms of the uh, the, the record so far, um, Green Bay Packers against Carolina Panthers. The Panthers won thirty seven twenty nine um, to take them to uh, to eight and zero for this season. Uh, quite a dominant first half from them, I thought. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it was pretty much dominant through throughout the game. The Packers found some ways to move the ball late, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of a story of what's been happening the last couple of weeks, and certainly for the Panthers, is it's been going on all season, which is their D is really good. Um, got that great pair of linebackers. They're getting to the passer a bit with a, a bit more with their front four, which was a problem last year. But they're doing a bit better, and their defense is playing really well. Mm. And then the offense, Cam seems to have matured as a quarterback. There are still problems in terms of he still overthrows the ball a bit. Um, he lacks a bit of touch at times. So every now and again, you'll see one sail over him. But they're making really good use of his ability to run the ball, mm. and they're the best running attack in the game. Um, Jonathan Stewart and, and Cam Newton are both very valid running options and it's fascinating to see a quarterback when he does run go head first into the linebacker and get up and start jawing at the linebacker or whoever else has tackled him just like your running back it's kind of fun to watch although I do wonder how much it makes the um, Panther fans nervous when yeah. he does that yeah for Green Bay, um, there's been some talk about um, the fact that their their offense tends to be based on receivers getting open and winning one on one matchups rather than running root concepts in parallel to get one of them open. And they struggled in this game. They couldn't move the ball very well through the air, particularly. Um, that said, they did get it going later. But you know, some of that was to do with screens, and they found something with Starks later in the second half, which enabled them to move the ball and get back into the game. Yeah. But um, they've struggled a bit over the last weeks. Their pass def- oh, sorry, their rush defense is beginning to get worrying again, which was a common theme last year. And they're just they're six and two. It's by no means not time to panic for the Packers. Let's, but you know, with just one or two injuries 
injuries and one or two problems and they might be a bit more like last year than perhaps they looked early on in the season mm. yeah you're absolutely right and I've, even in the air I don't think it was uh, was was too bad also you say about the uh, the running game in the air between the two of the, uh, the two quarterbacks seven, nearly 700 passing yards seven passing touchdowns so something was certainly working Cam Newton's touch on sort of like those out passes in the intermediates tends yeah. to be a bit interesting a bit fat but he throws the deep ball really well Mm. And, you know, Devin Funchess has caught a couple of balls and maybe beginning to, to demonstrate that, you know, he might come good. And and obviously he works really well with Greg Olsen. And he just they just got behind the Packers' defence a couple of times and got those big bombs. Yeah. Well, you picked this one right. You went for the uh, the Panthers. I, unfortunately, went for the Packers uh, in what was a terrible week for picks for me, which we'll touch on in a second. <laughs> uh, the Vikings beat the uh, St. Louis Rams this week. That was another game we uh, we chose to uh, to watch this week uh, for quite a close game. I thought it was uh, was quite a good one. Uh, very close. Went to overtime in the end. Uh, field goal with with twelve seconds to go from the Rams uh, took it to overtime. The yardages when you look at the stats between between the two the two teams, the yardages were pretty much exactly the same for passing and and rushing um, between the two teams. There was not a lot to, uh, to, to to pick between these two. No, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, firstly, I feel bad for picking against um, Mike Zimmer. I mean, that was just my mistake. I, you know, I, I got I fell in love a bit with the hype around the Rams' defence, and mm. Todd Gurley is really, really good. However, the Vikings, are, are re- this is going to sound slightly boring and very typically nerdy of me, but they're a really good tackling team. You know, you can tell Mike Zimmer's coach, you know, really worked on this because they open field tackle really well. Yeah. And so there was very little space for Gurley to run into. And when they did get a player to a ball in space, very quickly a linebacker or somebody else got to them and they were very sure tackling. And it was that and the fact that they just got a bit more out of the offense in terms of um, Bridgewater's ability to move the ball through the air compared to what they were able to get um, for the Rams um, trying to get Austin involved and just it wasn't quite as good and it was that and the fact that um, very tactical interesting decision from Zimmer in that he won the toss and it happened I think less than 10 times in the last I don't know how many overtimes that he chose to take the wind and went and took the wind because um, the Rams kicker had kicked like a 61-yard field goal earlier in the game. So he took the wind and trusted his defence to get the ball back. Worked perfectly and they were able to kick the field goal and score. Yeah, I thought it was a really good game. I mean, it's obviously the big talking point of it we've, we've kind of touched on already is obviously the uh, the, the that hit for, from, for Teddy Bridgewater from uh, Lamarcus Joyner. Really could have uh, could have been a, could have been a lot more serious, but as we say, luckily this 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 week it looks as though he's going to be okay. He's going to be back in in, in for next week, um, but it's uh, it's scary to see people go down as, uh, as as kind of as strongly as that. It really is, particularly as I mean, there's been questions about how well Bridgewater's going, and you know at some point you know I probably might have to write a you know evaluating the new young quarterbacks, <laughs> um, but it was interesting that he throws it's he throws quite a good deep ball. And there were quite a couple of nice passes there. But those outs, and Cam Newton's problem is he lacks touch and he, um, you know, it can fire past people and over their head or at their ankles. Um, with Bridgewater, his touch is fine. It's just, it's, it, it's sort of, it's a bit Peyton Manning-esque in that you just, you see receivers sort of waiting a beat for the ball to get there. And you do worry, you know, that that might, you know, if, if, 
against a bet, you know, the right defense, or if he gets it that little bit wrong with that much pace, it really does give the um, defense a chance to jump the route and pick him off. Yeah, really quickly, do you think the Vikings could make it to the postseason this year? Obviously, Packers, I, are, Packers are dropping off a bit. I do think they have a chance of making it, yeah. which will make your dad very happy. It will certainly will. We both went against Zimmer on this one. We both picked the uh, Rams, and we both uh, well both lost a point for it. So summing up the uh, the rest of the week's games, the Patriots ended up comfortable winners in New England as they beat the uh, struggling Redskins by 27 points to 10 uh, to become one of three unbeaten teams going into Week 10. Uh, the Titans managed to score more than 10 points for the first time since Week 5 and also got their first win since Week 1. They beat the New Orleans Saints by a touchdown, winning 34-28. In New York, the Jaguars weren't able to build on the momentum that they gained at Wembley uh, as the Jets eventually uh, were narrow winners, 28 points to 23, keeping them well in the running for some postseason football. The Steelers were back to winning ways in Pittsburgh as they beat a good-looking Oakland team by 38 points to 35, despite an injury to Big Ben Roethlisberger. The Giants kept their place at the top of the NFC East with a 32-point to 18 win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. In San Francisco, the Atlanta Falcons' slump continued, but they'll uh, feel unlucky losing to the 49ers by just a point. The final score was 17-16. The Broncos' unbeaten streak is over, uh, with an unlikely win for the Colts. Peyton Manning's return to the Indianapolis was in vain. Uh, they lost by 27 points to 24. On the other hand, the Cowboys' losing streak continued, although the Philadelphia Eagles needed overtime to beat them in Dallas. final score was 33 points to 27. And finally, on Monday night, the Chargers failed to stop the rot in San Diego, losing by 22 points to 19 against the Chicago Bears. Right, well, G's been busy again this week on the blog. Uh, it's that time again to have a look at what he's been writing about. So, on Sunday, you posted a, a mega blog uh, this week, didn't you? Uh, coaching tape from the week uh, was the, the Colts Panthers uh, that you came from, from week eight. Yeah, I basically took the three things that I usually do, which is some kind of general comment piece, um, a recap of the Thursday night game and looking at the coaching tape for a game and sort of meshed them into um, one, you know, two and a half thousand word um, entry. Um, In terms of what I was writing about, the good things about coaching tape, which is that you see so much... um, Apart from all the personnel groupings and what's going on, you can see why a receiver is open, what happens in a blocking scheme, uh, so why a um, defender was able to rush the passer, and, and and sort of, but also talking about the obsessive nature of it, and the problems it was causing me, and also what problems it caused coaching. Um, things because it's just so much to see it's never ending you know whether it be the personnel groupings formations movement before the snap defensive coverage defensive alignment how each player played their their um, particular assignment we don't know some of that like Mm. the teams do but there's so much to go into it's sort of endlessly fascinating and part of the problem is i need to get this down into sort of some kind of sensible time frame for a man who works for a living and can't spend four <laughs> hours on a Sunday morning going through tape no. when he has things to do around the house and time to spend with his girlfriend. So I covered some quick points on the Colts and um, Panthers, but basically from the first quarter, because that's all I got through. And I spent like an hour on Friday night doing that, which gives you an idea of what kind of rabbit hole I dove, dove down. I did my picks. I did a write-up of the Thursday night blog. Going forward, I think we will have a little discussion at the end of the week's games just to pick out a couple of points that we're going to look at. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I'm going to look at Jameis Winston as a quarterback just because there's been a lot of talk about how he's improved. He's not thrown the intercept in the last few weeks that um, his reputation suggested he might go in and say he did earlier in the season so I'm interested in that and then I'll try to find something defensive 
very happy to take suggestions from the audience or yourself, Dan, um, so I don't lose my soul to the offence, but something interesting on defence to write about and look at those two specific things to try and make the task more manageable. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. And you went to, obviously you went into a bit more detail in the on the Browns Bengals game. Obviously, we, we spoke about uh, about that already. But uh, Thursday night's game is generally one. I think we're uh, we're going to be paying a lot more close close attention to going forward, isn't it? It's going to be. I think just because we tend to watch it, it'll be there. Um, I'm not sure how much fun that's going to be with these new color rush uniforms. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but let's see. It could be interesting. Um, interesting kits kits to assault the eye is that an every week thing I, I didn't i knew it. i'd seen it for the uh, for this week's thursday i believe I it's an every week. week thing to the rest of the season lovely okay well i'm just quite glad that the uh, dolphins haven't got one then <laughs> <laughs> yeah we missed it too could you imagine sort of browns versus bengals oh that, yeah, that with, be you know the horrendous. orange brown black involved yeah i'm very glad we missed that uh, is there anything in particular you're uh, planning to look at this week i know you obviously said you're, you're after some suggestions but anything in particular you, you want you you thinking of uh, writing about oh yeah for the comment piece i'm doing we are now obviously in week nine going into week 10 every team has played at least eight games so we're sort of officially in halfway point so i'm going each through each division um i'm about three eighths of the way through it now uh, just doing a little recap of you know which teams have you know what's a little brief overview how it's shaping up playoff race it's early you know a lot could happen but just who is really in contention and already who is sort of fallen by the wayside yeah Okay, well, uh, for all that and much more, make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? So let's have a look uh, ahead to week 10. We're uh, obviously going into week 10 this week. It is uh, Thursday night game is the Jets at Bills. Um, for me, I think on our on our, on our picks, um, there's, there's a two and a half point head start for the Bills. I still think that the Jets are going are to win this one. I'm a little bit worried just because the Jets' defence has been struggling over the last weeks and Bills seem to be coming good and getting a bit healthier. However, it's in New York, so I'm leaning Jets. But a theme of this week will be, ah, head-scratchy numbers. Not so yeah. much I hate the Lions, it's just I'm really not sure yet. Yeah. How about the uh, the Packers at the Lions then? Um, I, 11.5 points is the is the, the head start that the Lions get. I think that's enough. I think that I think I'm probably edging towards Lions this week. I'm really not sure. I can see it going one of two ways either the um, the thing that's all the stuff that's been swirling around with the Lions their 90 year old 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 owner has been she's she's fired the team president the GM and you know there could be a big rally around after the bye week Given the team or they could yeah, or they could continue to suck, and um, the Packers could get healthy again against a division opponent at home. Yeah, I. I think I'm really torn on this one. It, it, the line is placed very well. I'm leaning Packers, but I'm still nah, really not sure about that one. <laughs> uh, Cowboys at Buccaneers. I'm going for the Buccaneers on this one, I believe. Ah, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I'm really tempted to go with you. Um, I, I think I will know more when I've looked at um, James Winston's um, performance on coaching tape. Uh I just don't trust that Tampa defence, but the Cowboys have not been able to do anything. Have they like got the enough of, to finally break the streak? Don't like the look of the Cowboys at all. It could, it's, again, it's one of those that could go either way, and it's a it's a strange uh, one and a half points. It's, is a, mm. it's basically which of these teams are you brave enough to pick? Yeah, and sometimes absolutely. you sit there going, oh, no, I'll trust this one a bit more. I'm not sure about that point line, but you know, at least I know what I'm getting in that one. I'm not yeah. sure about either team. <laughs> uh, Panthers at Titans. 
What do you what do you reckon on that one? It was really good to see the Titans getting Mariota back, and they've moved the ball quite well with him. The defense has been okay this year, and I still think I'm going to pick the Panthers because the Panthers have been really good. The thing yeah. is, I, I'm worried about them because I can't see. I don't think any of the teams are going going undefeated, but it's it's like which games are they are and they aren't, and I just think yeah, it's AFC South probably another Titans loss. I'm afraid. Yeah, I think I'm uh, joining you on that one. Uh, Bears at Rams Chicago at St. Louis uh, Seven and a half points Because they had to start for the Bears uh, And I probably am going to go for the Bears I think I'm leaning Bears If you look at their record recently uh, After that initial tranche of horribleness mm. Where they looked like the worst team in football For three weeks They've been in every game I do mean every game John Fox has gotten them playing solid And I can't see him beating the Rams in St. Louis, but I just don't think they're going to get beaten that badly. I think that's yeah. a line because people haven't cottoned on that the Bears are getting solid, if not good. Yeah. Uh, Saints at Redskins, this is a straight which one's going to win. I I think personally, probably Saints. I agree. I think the line is like that because the Saints' offense is working really well and their defense can't stop anything. Did you see the highlight where um, the ball bounced off two Saints defenders yeah, yeah, up in this. the air, was picked, was caught by the tight end, running for a touchdown? It's like when you see that. I mean, I, I know I've been a little critical of Rob Ryan as a coach, but you know that that you just what do you do in that situation? Mm. Uh, of course I'm going to go for the Dolphins on this one uh, as I always do but Dolphins at Eagles six and a half points uh, head start for the Dolphins I am looking at the um, split on our predictor game for the lines and um, it's pretty much even and you can say why because the Eagles have been coming good a bit on offense recently they've run the ball they're over 150 yards several times in, in the last few weeks defense is good six and a half points you just don't feel confident at home against the Dolphins I feel yeah, I might lean Eagles. Sorry, Dan. Oh, he will be. Um, Browns at Steelers. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to have enough about them for this one. Um, they the Browns get a four and a half uh, point head start. I don't know. Obviously, uh, they took quite a kick in against the Bengals this week. I think they're probably going to get one again against the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers' defense has been playing really well and keeping them games. While the offense has just been rotating on injury. Oh, although Levy- yeah, I've just remembered Big Ben's out, isn't he? Landry Jones has done I'm, I'm not as high as a lot of people are on him but more importantly I think um, D'Angelo Williams is a capable back and the Browns have stopped no one in the running game absolutely no one and so I have faith in the Steelers that they are going to pull this out mm. and you know what happens when I have this confidence it goes wrong but I'll still be backing the Steelers in this one sorry Cleveland I really do love you <laughs> Jaguars at Ravens, uh, five and a half point head start for the Jags. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon? Uh, again, the predictor is pretty even. I have a Jaguars problem, as you are well aware. However, they did me good last week. They covered, even in a loss. And do we really think the Ravens, with that secondary, are five and a half points better than a, game, uh, than a team that they have the same number of wins as? Mm. They both have two wins. Yep. They've just lost Steve Smith. I'm not wholly sure, but I think I might be going Jaguars again. Do you know when I, when I first looked at this line, I thought Ravens, but actually I think you might have taught me round. So welcome to Jaguars Island, yeah, Island I, baby. I, I say I might be joining you on Jaguars Island. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I could well be. Um, I, I'm also going to go for the Vikings at the Raiders. I think. Oh, that yeah. 
see, I don't know enough about the Vikings secondary, except that Terrence Newman is a good player and, and he's, yeah, I might join you, but watch, that might be one to watch because as that combination of Carter and Mari Cooper is just a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the Raiders when I've seen them this season. I think, uh, I, I quite, I quite like the, uh, the, the what I saw from the uh, from the, the Vikings the other day. So, good defense, solid running team. It sounds like a game, a team that I like. Does it not? It does. It certainly <laughs> does. Um, Patriots at Giants, um, seven and a half point head start of the Giants, but I don't think that's going to be enough. Personally, I am going to go with the Packers, uh, the Packers, the Patriots. I I think I'm going to join you just because the um, Giants' defense has been um, problem. They've um, I think they've lost their, their corner for the season now, and the only thing that makes me pause is um, Pierre Paul coming back and running against that um, New England Patriot line, which has lost I think a third tackle for the season. Mm. But it's the Patriots you trust, and the offense is still running. Yeah. Patriots win, I suspect. Yeah. Um, Chiefs at Broncos. Do you think the Broncos are going to bounce back? I see. This is. I, I thought it would be interesting to see whether the Broncos running the ball was the start of something new coming off the bye, or whether it was a one-off anomaly. I'm still not sure because the problem is that I think the whole narrative around Peyton going back to Indianapolis, all of those records that were long on the line in terms of wins and yards, and, and I think they were trying to get in there in that game, and so they got away from the balance that served them better the week yeah. before in terms of running. That said, the Chiefs have been playing so much better on defence since uh, um, they got... Sean Smith, I think, is, is the, the cornerback who's come back for them. And suddenly that secondary is holding up much better. And the front seven that we always thought were good and they've stopped giving up through the pass game. They look very good. The offense is challenged but moving the ball. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do it against that Broncos team. I'm just not sure that, or at least their defense, but I'm not sure I trust the Broncos to win by more than, you know, by more than six and a half points. I, I, think, I fancy the Chiefs for a sneaky cover. You've still got time to decide on it. Still got a couple of days yet. Um, Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, personally, I think the Cardinals. I think um, Seahawks given three and a half points on it. I th- another candidate for game of the week. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Seahawks defense looks like it's coming round a bit, although they're still. Well, I'm not sure about them against tight ends, but the Cardinals don't exactly have the big name tight end that they can exploit it with. However, Bruce Arians will take shots. Um, they've got a great um, opportunity um, defense in, in Arizona, and the Seahawks offense is still a mess. That offensive line isn't working. They're not quite running ball as well. Russell Wilson is. You know, running for his life too often. They don't seem to have a passing game, and I do wonder if the Cardinals might be able to go in there and do something. But that said, yeah. they've been bad on the road and turned the ball over. So oh, I'm really going to struggle with that one. Okay. But it's going to be a fantastic game to watch. Well, last game Monday night, uh, the Texans at the Bengals. Uh, ten and a half point head start for the Texans. What do we, what do we think? Who day? Yeah, you, I, I thought you might be going for the Bengals. Um, I'm not really that confident, um, you know, just in terms of that's a lot of points. JJ Watt is JJ Watt and he does JJ Watt things, although he still doesn't have a sack against us yet. I stress yet because, you know, he's a force of nature and these things, you know, seem to happen. Um, I think we'll win. It's on Monday night. I trust, I'm beginning to trust that Andy Dalton won't have the big 
game pressure moments that he's failed in the past because he just seems to have been doing better at this weekend. However, I wouldn't rule it out. I'm hopeful for a Bengals win. Um, I'm slightly worried about the points. Well, this week, going after this week's games, um, you have predicted 69 and I have picked 64. So there's five games in it. I'm hoping to uh, to pick up a couple of games this week. We'll see. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for episode four of the Wrong Football Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode five, looking back at all of week 10's games and ahead to week 11. We'll also be talking about our picks so far for this year's Pro Bowl. In the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, get involved in a bit of banter on the TWF Facebook page, and check out the blog at uh, thewrongfootball.com. Uh, if there's anything you want us to discuss next week, uh, any feedback for us, please uh, drop us an email, twfpodcast at outlook.com. Uh, keep listening, to keep telling your friends if, and keep your feedback coming. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far uh, on the podcast, tell your friends, uh, get them to uh, to give us a listen as well. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.